Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. The Lord gave me three words this morning for you, and they are hope, help, and healing. In this house today, there is hope because Jesus is alive. There is help because he is the lifter and of our heads. And there is healing because he is the great physician. Somebody here today needs hope. There's hope for you in this house today. Amen. Somebody needs, amen, help. There is help for you in this house and somebody needs healing. Why don't you lift your hands if you need hope or help or healing right now. In the name of the Lord, I speak the hope giver, the name Jesus over this house right now. I speak the help giver. You are an ever-present help in the time of need, oh Lord. Come and help somebody right now. Lord, and you are the healer of all our diseases, of our brokenness, and of our pain. And we thank you, Lord, that you are all of these things and more. My heart is overwhelmed today with the condition of our world, of our culture, all of the brokenness, the uh, confusion, and the unrest. But I thank God that Jesus is still the answer for the world today. And I celebrate his greatness. I want to read three verses, Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to rule in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. And then Matthew 2, 11. Speaking of the wise men, when they'd come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they'd opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then Galatians 4, verse 3. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. My short eight-minute message to you today is simply entitled, Christmas Information. Christmas Information, how does the first Christmas inform us about Almighty God? And you may be seated. I have to open with my all-time favorite Christmas quote by the illustrious, the late Charles Mahaney, who said, my favorite Christmas lights are the blinking taillights of my relatives as they're backing down the driveway. <laughs> that just sort of ministered to me right there. I hope it'll help you get through the holidays. But how does Christmas inform us about God? I think Christmas tells us something about God, who he is, how he thinks, what his nature is, how he operates. For example, I don't know how many of you still wear watches, but a watch informs you of the watchmaker, does it not? 
And a garden informs you about the gardener, what they enjoy, what they like, how they take care of it or not. A garment informs you about the tailor, the seamstress. A universe informs us about the creator of the universe. So if God was all powerful, and he is, and possesses unlimited resources, and he does, and can do whatever he wants to, and he can, then he could have incarnated any way he chose to come into a world that he created perfect that we messed up. It's amazing to me that he did it. That he wanted to do it. The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Are you glad to know today that God didn't send somebody else to save the world but he came himself. Amen. Paul said to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And so the setting of the first Christmas informs us about Almighty God. He wasn't born into a home of royalty or splendor. He was not born in a palace or a mansion, not even a hospital. He was not born to the home of a politician, an athlete, or a pop culture icon. He was born to a virgin, a nondescript young lady, pure, who was a spouse to a hardworking carpenter named Joseph. Nothing special, nothing unusual, nothing magnificent. But Micah chapter 5 tells us that of all of the thousands of little villages and hamlets and communities in Judea that God chose to give special attention to Bethlehem. Bethlehem is waiting for 4,000 years to be the birthplace of the Christ. Now, I don't know how many of you have been to Bethlehem. I have. And I thought, how Bethlehem has been blessed for the last 2,000 years. God could have been born in any city. And how many millions of dollars come to Bethlehem every year because God decided to be born there. He's blessed Bethlehem financially, but even more than that, if they would fall down on their knees like the wise men and worship him, he would bless them beyond the wealth of this world and beyond the gold and the silver of this world. He owns it all. The Bible said the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. But the wealthiest man or woman today is the one who makes Christ their Savior and their Lord. Amen. Are you a worshiper of Jesus Christ today? So how do the circumstances of the birth of Jesus Christ inform us about God? Just look at Bethlehem. And it shows you that he came in humility. He came in grace. He came to be a God for all people. His word says that he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. 
My friends, repentance is your first step toward God. Turning from sin, turning from disobedience is always your first step toward God. Are you thankful for his word today? Amen. So the circumstances of his birth inform us of his humility. God made himself of no reputation, but he took upon himself the form of a servant. He is our suffering servant and he is approachable today. The Bible says that when the wise men finally came to the house, they did not come to the stable, but they came perhaps some months later. The scripture does not call Christ a babe at this point. He's a young child and they're in a house. And when they see him, they fall down and worship him. And then they open treasures they brought for many days, gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How do these gifts inform us about God at the first Christmas? It's very simple. Mary and Joseph had no idea that after Christ would be born, that his life would be threatened, that they would need to flee to Egypt. This carpenter did not have a carpenter shop in Egypt, but God had it covered. And he sent wealthy men from the east to, pre, to provide for them for perhaps up to two years to sustain them. And here's the point. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, into your family, he comes with provision. He comes with opportunity. He comes to sustain you. Are there any witnesses today of the provider? Amen. Are there any witnesses in this house today that when Jesus comes, he brings his blessing. He brings his provision. Oh, I love that about him. The wise men were directed by the Lord and Jesus Christ is still the way in the manger. He's not a way, but he is the way in the manger. And finally, Galatians 4, the Bible says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. This first Christmas situation informs us that God is an on-time God. I feel this so strongly right now. God is an on-time God. He is never late. He is never early. When Johnny James was preaching here years ago, he said, now, my brothers and sisters, when somebody dies, we call them the late brother John or the late sister Susan. He said, when I die, I'm not going to be late. Y'all are going to be late. He said, I'm going to be the early Johnny James. And I want to tell you, our God is never late. He's never early. When the fullness of time was come, God is an on time God. Hear this word today. He was on time for Bartimaeus as Jesus walked down the street and he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He was on time for Zacchaeus who was up in a tree and Jesus pulled him down from the tree and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And the Bible said salvation came to Zacchaeus' house that day. He was on time, amen, for the thief on the cross who had a six-hour window 
All he had his whole life was six hours. And thank God he was not foolish like the other thief and threw that opportunity away. But he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. In that moment, that crossroads of time, the thief knew that he was an on-time God. I have a word from the Lord for somebody here today. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Amen. I have a word from the Lord, from his word today. Hallelujah. Amen. Though he suffer long, yet he will avenge you. Hallelujah. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping shall doubtless come again with joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on his time. He's never going to be late. He's never going to be early. Right when you need him, he's going to be right there. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get ahead of him. Sometimes we get impatient. Sometimes we get anxious. Hallelujah. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? You know, when you plant a Chinese bamboo seed in the ground, and you wait and wait and wait one week, one month, one year. And you go out and look at that spot and nothing happens because you can't see what's going on under the surface. You can't see what's going on under the ground. But in two years, three years, four years, yes, five years, it takes the seed to germinate, but it's getting ready to do something massive. And in the next six weeks, it will break forth and it will come forth as a magnificent, sometimes up to 60 foot exposure above the ground. I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it will bring forth much fruit. And I'm speaking to somebody today. Something has died inside of you. You've given up on a dream. You've given up on a mission. You've given up on a purpose, but the God who spoke it to you and gave it to you has not given up on your destiny. He's not given up on your purpose. And the Lord says, yea, even during this Christmas season, you are going to see the sprig of it come forth. You're going to see the sapling begin to spring up. The Lord says it's time because he's an on time God. Hallelujah. Stand with me and lift your hands and say, Lord, I take this word. I receive this word as my word at Christmas time. God's delays, amen, are bringing to pass my destiny. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody let your voice out right now. <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel destiny in the air right now. I sense provision. I sense God's time aligning right now. There's a time for everything. There's a time for everything in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you today, it's your time. It's your time for hope. It's your time today for help. It's your time today for healing. 
because the hope giver, the helper, and the healer is in this house. Hallelujah. <laughs> right here is why we come to church to touch God. Right here is why we're in this house to contact God. I know there's pain here today. I know there are wounded walking people here today. I know there's suffering here today. I see it. I feel it. But the helper's here. The hope giver is here. The healer. <laughs> Just let him come to you right now. Just let him come to you right now. He's there. Just reach out. I told you this is a spirit-filled church. The spirit moves in this house. We give it opportunity to move. We don't hurry on. We wait on him. Hallelujah. Why don't you just reach out, take somebody by the hand or put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Let's just pray with one another right now. This would be all right, wouldn't it, at Christmas time? Parents, pray with your children. Pray with each other. Grandpa, Grandma. Families, friends. Just put your hand on somebody's shoulder and pray, Lord. Just pray a help to come to them right now. Pray hope. Pray healing. I've already prayed with so many people today over things that are coming up against them. Difficulties, challenges, pain. There's help here today. Come on, somebody's going to leave this house with hope. You're going to leave here with hope. You're not hopeless. I come against hopelessness. I come against despair and discouragement and depression. I take authority over it and I bind it. And I lose love, joy, peace, righteousness. I loose the attributes of the kingdom of God. I loose the fruit of the Spirit in this house today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you're in this house. Thank you for loving us. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank him for what he's doing right now. Let's thank him. Let's thank him for what he's doing right now. He's doing a work. He's doing a work. He's doing a work and it's a quick work and it doesn't take long for him to do what he wants to do. <laughs> Lord, we need a healer today. 
You have seen what the enemy can do. Just look around. You've seen what Satan does. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. But when he's done and finished, I come and repair and restore. I will take the brokenness. I will take the suffering and the pain. I will turn your scars into marks of ownership and blessing, says the Lord. If you will seek me now, I will come and be the healer and the helper and the hope giver, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate Jesus. Oh, Lord, when Satan is done, you will do your best work. Lord God, when he's finished, it's never finished. Lord, you're the finisher of our faith. <sighs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Can I just... I didn't even get permission, so I'll get forgiveness later. Where's Nicole Davenport? Come here, Nicole. A former life of brokenness, pain. She is five years clean, sober, in a right mind. This is what the Lord can do. This is what God can do. Thank you, Nicole, for letting us celebrate the grace of God in your life. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. Praise God. If you're a guest today, what you heard was the operation of what 1 Corinthians calls the gifts of the Spirit. And there was a message in a language we did not understand. And then the gift of interpretation so that we could understand what the Holy Spirit was saying to us right now. And I'm so thankful that he's a right now God and has a word for us right now.